1: check check three two one let's try again Jeremy Warner Joey Wagner live in Evanston at Ryan Field where Illinois football wrapped up its regular season the best regular season for Illinois football since 2007 with five Big Ten wins a winning Big Ten season nine or eight wins overall Uh, of course illinois with a 41-3 route sydney brown with two defensive touchdowns devin witherspoon two interceptions reggie love a career day with 85 rushing yards we'll get into all of that but joey it's part bittersweet because you end the season with a trophy you've crushed northwestern and Pat Fitzgerald the last two years two programs have really gone separate ways since brett bielmo was hired 88 to 17 advantage for illinois the last two years yet purdue at home or on the road at Indiana defeats Purdue, or Purdue beats Indiana, excuse me, and wins the Big 10 West Championship, what Illinois thought coming into this month it would accomplish. So there's a bittersweet end of the season, but you do end it with a little bit of an uptick, beating your rival, crushing your rival, and solidifying yourself to playing in one of the Big Ten's best bowls.
0: Yeah, it's one of those, we've talked about it all season. If the beginning of the year, we would have said, hey, this team's going to go 8-4. and four. People would have said we're wrong, and we probably would have felt maybe a little bit of that, and they would have taken it. But as, as we've talked about, the, that month of October changed a lot with this season. But I don't think it changed. I mean, there's disappointment. Like, you lost four one-score games that kept you out of Indianapolis and probably kept you out of a New Year's Bowl. And, and now you've still got to come to terms with the fact this team was 8-4. and four. This team probably – I don't know if overachieved is the right word as we see this team, but they – took a big step forward. I was glad Brett Bielema today admitted, i say admitted, but, but said, hey, we needed to make a bowl game in my second year to keep taking a step forward. And this was a step forward for the program, and it was a really big one. You, you, I think you've got a lot of good pitchers on the recruiting trail. But, yeah, the, the other part of it is it's hard not to look and say Indiana, Purdue, Michigan State, Michigan, one of those goes Illinois' way. And they're planning to go to Indianapolis, too, and absolutely are, right? So you, you see the things, but it, it's, it, it is. It's it's bittersweet. I don't really know which way to land on it.
1: Yeah, you start thinking, man, ranking the win- the losses of how painful oh, uh, they were in retrospect. And I still think you know Indiana's an early season game. Some of those get a little crazy. Uh, Michigan State, with the way you beat yourself, uh, I, I thought was really a disappointing one. Michigan, the way that... You did what you had to do for the most part and some of the stuff out of your control. Uh, Purdue, because it meant so much. It meant more than all of them. Um, so you could, you could have that debate. But certainly this season will be remembered a little bit about what if. What if they had done this and got to the Big Ten West Championship and got a rematch with Michigan because Illinois gave Michigan a way better fight than Ohio State did. Think of that uh, and think about what that means for the program. Uh, but as you said, Joey, these are all one-score losses right this is where illinois is where they are going to compete in every game that they play and really uh, during the brett beaum era, except for wisconsin and virginia right uh, and have a chance to win and it's going to depend on whether you play a clean game whether you're getting the right call from the referee uh, or whether you're healthy health really impacted them i, I think especially at cornerback late here in the season but still as you look at it as a whole it's a huge step forward for the program, and even the players are saying, Yeah, there's a little bit bittersweet, but it showed that if this is a disappointment being eight and four, five and four in the Big Ten, going to either Nashville or Florida, most likely, that's a huge sign of you know the new standard Brett Bioma has set. I don't know if next season will be as good or the season after that, but I do know Illinois football should be fighting for bowl games and whether the divisional setup is, is there for the long term or what it'll look like. Illinois football be a good football program,
0: a good football team moving forward. Yeah, I think Alex Palczewski summed it up well, where he said, "This is the standard." Like, and I, th- I, think if you like, I don't want to take that out of context. Like, the standard isn't to go eight and four. Like, the standard of work, like that's what he talked about. Like, these young guys have seen the work that that we put in, the work that it takes. What what goes into being eight and four? Like, that's the standard, and the rest is a byproduct of that. And and he's happy. He said that, and I asked him. I said, you know, Nikki Allegretti was a big part to you, and like, you see, there was a point, Jeremy, in, like twenty twenty, and even early last season, that streak. Like, who's gonna pass down anything? What should be passed down in this program? And you're just starting to see, like, this was a big rebuild. Yeah. Like, and it happened. I don't want to say like the rebuild is over, complete. It's not, but like, the steps happened quickly. But I don't like that should underscore how big of an overtaking this program was when Brett Bielema took the job. It was from recruiting to roster to, to just expectation within the building. Like, all of that needed addressed, and, and there's still work, obviously. We see that with depth. You see that with these close losses. But there's there's a lot to pass down now, and there's something tangible about what they've done that still, you you still have to acknowledge, okay, well, they didn't go to Indianapolis, and it was there. Like, all that is mixed in, but I think you look at 8-4. and four. Illinois football is eight and four. I can't even believe. Like they're picked believe, to
1: finish six. They're yeah. picked to finish six, not go to a bowl game before the season. So, uh, they have raised the expectation for Illinois football surely this year. We're going to start macro, obviously, go micro into this game, and and then probably go macro a little bit uh, looking ahead to the off season here. And of course, on our live YouTube stream, send in your questions, guys. We'll, we'll answer some of those. Send in your comments. Uh, we'll talk about some of those uh, as it goes along here. But just think about Joey. Th- Illinois is starting to play like what Northwestern was, right, during the last decade. I'm thinking of since that 2014 game and until last year, think about how Illinois kept ending seasons, right? Like 2016 or 2019, they have a chance to kill a bad Northwestern team. They're 6-5, and go to a better bowl game. And they get run by Andrew Marty, like their third, fourth string quarterback, and just get demolished in that game. 2020, you come up here, get demolished as Northwestern gets a, a Big Ten West title, and probably. Um, 2018, we're talking to Nick Allegretti in his last Illinois game, guy who gave everything and was such a good player, about being 4-8. And, and, and think of the second seasons Illinois has had under coaches here recently. Lovey Smith was 2-10. and 10. Um Tim Beckman was 4 and 8 in his second year. Um, Ron Zook was 2 and 10. Now, you saw some glimpses of progress in year two with so many close losses, but that's the difference is Lovey did lose some talent. Somebody on the Illinois staff said that today. Now they have to overcome some poor recruiting classes towards the end of Lovey Smith's 10 year, but this staff got the most out of him, and that's so important to have a good first couple years of progress joey is to sell it in recruiting and that's what they're going to do over the next month we'll get into that but that's why it's so important to have a good start to the brett bielma era and i don't know if anybody thought after two years brett bielma would have a winning record at illinois and a 500 record in the big 10. that's where he's at right now at 13 and 11 and 10 and 10 in the big 10.
0: you say they can start selling some of those recruiting successes in the next month Brett Bielema sat down in a tight media room and started making that pitch today, talking about DBs, DBs safeties, <laughs> if there's any that, that may have been, you know, cross paths with that press conference. But, yeah, it, it was a big year. And we didn't know, right? Like, part of that is I'm still bitter about close training camp, but we didn't see things to know. But you just didn't know about the talent. We didn't know about Tommy DeVito, Jeremy, five months ago. We had no idea what to expect out of him. I thought they had the talent in the first strings. Like we, sure. really, we thought they had some NFL guys, right, like more than they've
1: had in, in recent years. The question was, did they have the depth to get through a season? And they stayed healthy mostly through the first two months. This last month they've started to have some health issues that's hurt them, but they've also shot themselves in the foot, gotten some close games, didn't get some breaks, didn't execute well, uh, which is going to happen uh, in the Big Ten. But that was my question, and they overcame. That, that big question because they do have depth issues, but they will overcome it for because of the staff and because of the top end talent they had. Sidney Brown, Devon Witherspoon, Chase Brown, uh, putting it on display today.
0: Yeah, and and we heard even last year like you know when Brett gets his guys and like that's recruits would tell us that hey we're still getting our guys and that's that's going to continue. But you're seeing that I, I just I come back to what Brett said about we had to make a bowl game this year and it almost was a lot more, but you did you had to do what you this year you did what you had to do. You missed a chance to really outkick your coverage, but you did exactly what you had to do. You have some positive things. There's guys on this roster. I know the secondary has been beaten up. Good for Tyler Strain the last couple of games. Good for Xavier Scott the last couple of games. Like, you see those things. Matthew Bailey, dude can play football. Reggie Love. Reggie Love gave it. Like, you see those those things. That's not saying, hey, Illinois is going to be set the over-under at eight and a half next year. That's outrageous. But – you see on the roster that development, and then you see leaving the roster stats, figures, numbers that are going to play in the portal in terms of Tommy DeVito, if you want to go to running back, if you want to get an offensive line, all defensive linemen. Like, it all plays in, and that's why I just – this was what it needed to be yeah. for Illinois. And I understand people are disappointed, but, man, Illinois football didn't 4 Jeremy. Yeah,
1: no, it was, it was a really, really good season, so close to being great. So close to being one of the most special seasons in Illinois history. Um, But for Illinois recent history, this is one of the top three seasons of the last two decades. For a generation of Illinois fans, this is one of the best seasons. Now that's got to change, but I think Bioma has set that standard where, hey, these seasons shouldn't be special anymore. This should be a season that, good, not great, moving forward.
0: Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com.
1: Let's talk a little bit about this game that happened, Joey. 41-3. to Northwestern's bad. Four. Northwestern's really bad. I mean, you got a walk-on sophomore quarterback. Illinois dealt with this in 2017 when Jeff George uh, had to play co- quarterback and, like, Trinard Davis was their emergency quarterback. So, understandably, this is a bad year for Northwestern, but this is three out of the last four years they've been bad. Cole Freeman had five... Turnovers, four of them, I believe, or three of them in Illinois territory. Northwestern was able to move the ball. It's kind of a bend but don't break thing uh, for Illinois' defense today. But what can we say about Sidney Brown putting on a show? Outscored uh, Northwestern himself with 12 points, a fumble recovered for a touchdown, interception for a touchdown, both in the second half. Devin Witherspoon, two picks uh, in the first half. Tyler Strain adds uh, an interception late. Sidney had two picks today. This is the defense I expected against a bad Northwestern offense. They completely dominated. I know Northwestern was able to get some yards on the ground, things like that, but you knew they couldn't get in the end zone. Like this, this is an Illinois team that just sat back, knew Cole Freeman would make mistakes. And once Cole Freeman got into uh, Illinois territory,
0: it was a a disaster for him. It was not good. And I got to say, I got a fun Sidney Brown story. First of all, I kind of feel about like anytime he does something, we collectively as a media, like, so did you give Chase a hard time about that? Which, they support each other. And he's never been like, yeah, I roasted him. He's always – Remember when Sidney Brown was an all-Big Ten player before Chase Brown was even a Big Ten player? Well, that leads me into I was the one today who asked Sidney if he gave Chase a hard time about that. He said, no, what I said was if I get another pick, I'm running out of bounds to the 25 so you can get the rushing record and score a touchdown. I'm like, look at that. Oh, brothers, that. brothers supporting brothers there. But, dude, this defense, I, I get the sense that – and I don't think I'm wrong in this – This team was frustrated. They were frustrated about the calls at Michigan. They were frustrated that they let it all slip away. Brett Bielema admitted he was frustrated. And he said, I thought I was going to come back and see a pissed-off football team, come back from Florida after the passing of his father-in-law. They played like that. They played like they wanted to leave nothing to chance, nothing to even doubt. Like, they wanted to crush this team. And we thought that was going to be the case after the Michigan loss. Like, oh, man, this is is ripe for a beatdown. And it was, and the defense is the one that led the way. There was good pressure up front, and then the back end. Like, it was the complimentary defense that we'd seen in the month of October and not so much in the month of November. But, man, some dude's made some money today. Devin Witherspoon continues to make money. Sidney Brown made some money today. Brett Bielma actually said that. I was was a little surprised he said that. Uh, Johnny Newton continues to rake in these opportunities. You're going to see, like, Illinois football is going to be pretty well represented in the 2023 NFL draft.
1: Oh, there's five guys. Uh,
0: There's five guys that are going to get drafted. And Devin Witherspoon, somebody told me from
1: Illinois, he's going to make the most money a guy's made out of this program in a long time. They think he's got a chance to be a first-round pick. Most people and most experts have him as a second-round pick, potentially third. He's going to go in the first two days. Um, i got to fill out my All-Big Ten ballot. Devin Witherspoon might be my Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. Jack Campbell, Iowa, deserving. I think Johnny Newton's deserving of consideration for it. Um, And and you got some other really good players. Nick Herbig at Wisconsin had a fantastic season. A lot of guys at Michigan were really good. Uh, I don't know if they stood out as much as as Devin Witherspoon, Herbig, Jack Campbell. Uh, But he's going to be in that conversation. He's an All-American. He's an All-Big Ten first team. Should be unanimous. I don't know if enough guys from other places watch him, but I hope coaches uh, vote him unanimously. Um, He is a special talent. Uh, and he is a special competitor, I, I would say more than anything. is He's got length. He's got speed. Uh, he's not the biggest guy, but he's just such a competitor. And kudos to Lovey Smith and Kinoto Hudson for finding him, bringing him into the program. But kudos to uh, Ryan Walters and Aaron Henry for developing that guy because he's having – I mean, we talk about Chase Brown's season. I think Devin Witherspoon was the best player on this team this year uh, with, with what he was able to do, the way he was shut things down. And to have two interceptions today, I thought was great for him. But Sidney Brown has played his way into being a, no doubt, NFL draft pick. I think a day three guy, but Chase is going to get drafted. Johnny's probably going to go and get drafted. Uh, Quan Martin, I think, is certainly an NFL draft pick at this point. i got to look it up. I don't remember the last time Illinois had five NFL draft picks. It's been a long time, though.
0: It's a lot. I, w- I want to focus in on Devin Witherspoon because I thought the interceptions today were really important. Um, in that, it sounds like elementary, but like really important in that big 10 defensive player of the year race, because he doesn't have a lot of those, like if you're voting, yeah, if you're voting and you're scrolling down and you see, I think he has three picks this season, maybe four that doesn't exactly like hit you in the head. But if you've watched him, if you've seen, if you look into the PFF coverage numbers, it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. He, He is shut down a whole side of the field. And like that's what matters, but that, that's why I thought the interceptions were big. Because yeah. now, like four would get a little more attention. Maybe you dive into some numbers there if you see four if you're a voter. But man, like, yeah, he he could be he could be a first round pick, and if they have five draft picks, Whew. Brett Bealman is going to walk in, and, and that, those coaching staffs can walk into any high school with an arsenal full of, hey, look at look at what we did, and look, we have to acknowledge those were not his guys, Great. right? But They were, in part, their draft stock has been elevated because of the development of what's happening in the Smith Center, and that you can surely sell. And they've been recruiting DBs well already. So to have three guys likely to get drafted –
1: uh, after Tony Adams and K- Kirby Joseph at under a season with these guys, Kirby wasn't a factor in the Lovey Smith era. Um, so, yeah, kudos to Lovey for recruiting some talent, man. He left some talent, uh, but Brett Bioma getting the most out of them. Uh, Lovey just didn't leave enough depth of talent, and that's where Brett Bioma and his staff got to hit the road now uh, and, and get more transfers, jucos, to kind of fill the gaps and develop the players during bowl season.
0: I just want to make one more, Devin, with this point, because the numbers, like, they're, they're insane. Coming into this game, so we got to see what happened. They didn't complete a lot of passes, and surely not on Devin Witherspoon. Coming into this game, Devin Witherspoon allowed 20, according to Pro Football Focus, 21 receptions on 61 targets for 200 yards. That's 34% of passes completed against him for an average of 9.5 yards per reception. That's unreal. And they continue. I. We said it after the Purdue game, I think it was. Like, why would anyone throw at him anymore? <laughs> I still don't have an answer for that. Yeah. But he's not exactly – like, that is – that's absolutely an insane amount of, of just no yards and very few receptions. Yeah. Good for him, man. He made made money. And we do, yeah, absolutely. Lovey Smith, Kinoto Hudson, finding him, getting him. That's big. I know you're looking up the draft picks. I did.
1: Uh, I found it. 2003 was the last time they've had five draft picks in a single year. So it would be 20 years. On the dot, that was Eugene Wilson, Brandon Lloyd, David Deal, Tony Pashos, Walter Young. Of course, those guys played a big role uh, in a Big Ten championship in, in 2001. So, uh, talented, talented group there, and it was a talented group uh, this season. Let's talk a little bit. Um, I, I also want to mention those Devin Witherspoon interceptions came at important time because mm-hmm. Northwestern was driving. Illinois is only up seven, only up ten, uh, and for him to get those interceptions was was a big point because the offense was. It wasn't a great offensive day for Illinois. They didn't have to put up yards today in the second half because uh, the defense kind of put this game away. But uh, I thought those were big moments to set up the uh, offense in in short fields. The offense was 4-4 for in the red zone today, but certainly struggled to, to punch it in. But kudos to Reggie Love. Chase Brown gets nicked up early in this game. You're thinking, oh, no. This could really hold him out. Chase comes back, but Reggie got a couple drives, Joey, and and he took full advantage of it. One drive, six carries for 43 yards, including the two-yard touchdown. Then he had the big 32-yard run, Uh, the most impressive run. He's done this twice or a couple times this year where just kind of moves the pocket, looks like he's going to get tackled, and all of a sudden he's running free. He did another one of those today. I think it was a 20-yard gain today. Reggie Love is interesting because one of the things I'm interested in this offseason is they look to. Try and find a transfer running back because while you're high on Josh McRae, he wasn't healthy this year. You're high on Aiden Lawfrey, wasn't healthy this year. Jordan Anderson and Caden Fagan, you know, really good prospects from the state. But are those guys ready to be a lead back? Reggie Love showed something today. Uh, Is it enough to to definitely go with him and and Josh McRae as your your back-to-back guys? I don't know, but I think he did show he deserves an opportunity at that.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. But I also think if a running back comes in, that Brett Bielema, there's no better. If you're at the transfer portal right now, if you're going in as a running back, just objectively, Illinois has one of the top, let's just conservatively say, 10 pitches of any program in the country. Hey, come in and lead the, lead the nation in run, rushing. And, like, no one can argue and say, well, I was just a Chase Brown thing because Brett Bielema's got a laundry list of 1,000-yard rushers and, and all these award-finalists NFL running backs – and, again, we've talked about it. I don't want to go too far into that. But, like, that's – Reggie Love's – I do wonder how much – I don't know that today – I think Brett Bielma is too – and the staff is too calculated to get caught up in, yeah, yeah. In, in a big day against Northwestern. But, like, it's hard to say that Reggie Love didn't show something today. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought he was – and there's a lot of stuff we've seen. Like, he's bounced out of a lot of tackles. Like, it's, it's a lot of effort runs with him. And we knew the staff liked him. When they got hired. So it's interesting what that's going to be. I, but I still think you don't have to take one for the sake of taking one. But I think if the right one is there, you, you've got to move. Yeah, I think if it's a guy who's a proven star, I think you, you go and try and find that guy.
1: Um, anything else you want to bring up from this game, Joe? I don't know if there's much to break down uh, other than those things. Oh, we've got to mention, good Hugh Robertson day. Good for Hugh Robertson. Three really good punts today, and then a fake punt. The Aussies
0: execute the fake punt extremely
1: well, and how about an Australian rules football player just lowering
0: the shoulder into Donnie Navarro? It was funny. There was, it must have been a few months ago at this point. Uh, there, there was something on Twitter, and it said, anyone over 25, when was the last time you sprinted at full speed? And former long snapper Ethan Tabell, who you <laughs> and I know to be a, a pretty humorous guy, said, so, I don't know, Hugh, when was it? And he said 2007. <laughs> I think he's got to update that a little bit now. But they brought it out. Like, yeah. I did not think they could have – look, they didn't have to do it. They could have punted, and they still would have won this game by 30. It was a 7 nothing game at that point, too. Yeah, <laughs> it was risky. Did not care. Yeah. yeah, good Hugh Robertson day. The, the Illinois – good specialist day. Yeah. It was Caleb a good specialist Griffin. day. It was Caleb Griffin had some field goals. There were none of those furiously maddening – punts that get waved off and bounce 20 yards backwards in loose field positions it was a good specialist day yeah. from a team that just hasn't had a lot of good specialist days.
1: Yeah. I want to mention this um, because I've always found him to be really genuine dude. Um, but Brett Bielma told some emotional stories about what these last couple weeks have been like for him, obviously going through so much losing his mo- uh, mother and then losing his father in law this week was taken away from the team for a couple days uh, Ryan Walters took over a lot of the head coaching duties today, but he said, when my mother died and my father-in-law died, the first Big Ten coach to reach out to me was Pat Fitzgerald. Um, so I know a lot of fans don't like him because you're competing against him and he's kind of owned you until the last couple years, uh, but I found him to be a genuine guy. And, and to do that um, was really, I, I thought said a lot about Pat Fitzgerald, but uh condolences to the Beoma family this has been such a a rough couple weeks and he said I I didn't know if I was gonna be able to coach today given that he coached last week I thought he would coach today but gosh uh, what he's been going through you know today had to be a little bit of a respite uh, for him just to coach football given all the the grief he's going through and it's continual grieving process and it's always continuing but uh, man tough couple weeks for him and and kudos, you know, the players I know were mentioning to give him the hat today after the last couple of emotional weeks with an emotional Michigan loss in the mix of it. Um, just a rough couple of weeks, so condolences to that family.
0: Yeah, I thought Brett shared a really touching story. Um, so to, to catch people up, he got back from his mother's visit to funeral. His funeral was on Monday. He got back late Monday night. He had a Tuesday practice that was spirited, it sounds like. Um, he really got after the guys in that Tuesday practice. Wednesday, he finds out his father-in-law passed. He gets on a fl- plane and heads to Florida to. I mean, there's stuff you got to tend to be with family. He said they went into his father-in-law's office and on a yellow, Brett's a big yellow legal pad guy, and it said, you know, on one of the handwritten notes, three thirty p.m. Big Ten Network, watch Brett, and that, that really got. That was a touching story, and he said that kind of is a, a lot of motivation for me to come out and coach this football game. And, and the other part of this, and outside of the, the grief, is and I know Brett. I think we know him well enough I don't think he wants this about him yeah. and he understands there's going to be questions he's really good he's obviously grieving and I don't think it's on the forefront of his mind but he's really proud of what this program has done and what these guys have done so I think that was I don't know how much of a factor that I, I just can't imagine yeah. he wanted that and even earlier this week he had said you know as answering questions he was professional about it earlier this week he had said you know can we talk about something else please and that was an emotional one for him but Man, what a, what a hard 10 days for that guy. And his guys backed him up, and his coaches yeah. backed him up. He, he said he gave Ryan Walters a lot of those head coaching type of duties, which clearly was not on accident, as we know where Ryan Walters is a he's an attractive candidate for, for uh, programs looking for coaches. I think that was one of those things that matters in the coaching community, uh, that Brett is kind of pushing his yeah. guys into those roles when the time is right for those. It's
1: kind of a couple-day Tryout, right? Of Ryan, here's how you handle a game week when when you're a head coach, right? So I I thought that was really smart of Brett to give him that opportunity. So uh, Brett Bielmo's got a handle uh, certainly on on those things. All right, let's talk a little bit about what's next, Joy. First, there's a bowl game, and it'll be late December, early January here for Illinois. Um, Here's the tiers uh, of, of bowl games for Illinois Michigan is obviously going to the college football playoff, whether they beat Purdue or not. uh, Ohio State, question mark with how they got beat. They have their best wins against Penn State. Now they're still one of the teams in contention, but if USC ends this season with a, you know two more wins or whatever it is, I think they have the ability to leap them. If LSU wins the SEC championship, I think they could leap them.
0: Still got TCU.
1: Yeah, TCU's going to, I think TCU, they obviously win the Big 12. I think they're in this thing. Ohio State's got to hope and pray everything goes well here. So if Ohio State gets knocked out of the college football playoff, uh, and Purdue loses to Michigan. Ohio State's likely going to the Rose Bowl. Penn State, New Year's Six game, potentially. Purdue seems set up. If they if they win <laughs> the Big Ten, they go to the Rose Bowl. Um, if they do not, they'll probably go to the Citrus Bowl, I would imagine. is uh, the ReliQuest Bowl, potentially, for Illinois, uh, which is in Tampa. Uh, or, I think, the Music City Bowl, which is in Nashville. Duke's Mayo Bowl is there in Charlotte. But a win today, Joey. You're you're getting one of the best bowls, uh, in the Big Ten. You're getting probably one of the top five bowl games, because Wisconsin's behind you, uh, Iowa is now behind you, uh, Illinois should get into one of those bowls. New York, I would say, is out the window.
0: Yeah, it's been a kind of a process for us, and were on these post game podcasts, like at first I was like, no Detroit, and now it's probably no New York. I think I... you're rooting
1: for a Purdue loss, right? So that yeah. Ohio oh, State yeah. goes to the Rose Bowl, Penn State slips into a New Year's Six bowl. Potentially, and then Purdue takes the Citrus, and you would probably get the Rely Quest or the uh, Music City Bowl.
0: Yeah, and, and look, I think it's probably fair to think Purdue is going to be a significant underdog to Michigan. But, yeah, those are – I think that's that's probably fair. Nashville, I, I think there's a lot of attractive parts about it being Nashville because it's five hours from Champaign and, and it's – you can fly Chicago. I mean, it's, it's a really – and you can fly Chicago anywhere. But I think Nashville would be a really – I enjoy Nashville, so maybe I'm just saying that because I think it'd be fun to spend spend some time there, but those, those two feel right, like Reli- Quest, Music City, those feel like the ones to, to really monitor. Exclusively on
1: Paramount Plus. Cindy, 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 Cindy,
0: Cindy Lauper.
1: Catch the new documentary critics
0: are calling a revelation.
1: She's gonna fight the fight.
0: As Cindy Lauper reveals, in her own words, the inspiration behind her biggest hits. If you're doing what you love... Magic. See what shapes music's most authentic superstar. When you're that different, you view other people as having trouble. Catch Cindy Lobber, Let the Canary Sing. New documentary now streaming exclusively
1: on Paramount Plus. Go to paramountplus.com to try it for free. Terms apply. Yeah. All right, and now we got an off season, Joey, and the next couple months are going to be intense uh, for Illinois, especially the next month. Of course, you have early signing period December 21st through the 23rd. Yes, Jair Hill will make a decision in the next couple weeks. Uh, Malik Elzey is going to sign with the team, announce it in January. So those are the four-star prospects. You're certainly looking at Colin Dixon got an up-close look at Northwestern after an offer today. He was visiting today, a wide receiver out of Ohio who's very good. Previously um, committed to Wisconsin. Yeah, previously committed to Wisconsin. You're still going after some of the Wisconsin commits on the defensive line. Jamal Howard, uh, Roderick Pierce. Uh, you're going for some flips on the defensive line. But the most intriguing part to me, Joey, of the next month is who enters the NFL draft out of this team? And who does Illinois go for in the transfer portal? The quarterback question probably should be answered uh, in the next month. I'm sure they have an idea who's, who's gonna be in the portal of who they can get. Um, that's the biggest question over the next couple of weeks. And then the other one is Ryan Walters, right? Does Ryan Walters return to Illinois? He's not signed an extension that we know of uh, quite yet. Colorado reportedly, from the top guys in the business, uh, I think Pete Thamel reported, I think Bruce Feldman reported, that Colorado has offered the job to Deion Sanders. That's an interesting fit, but Rick George and probably his last chance to, to hire a coach at Colorado, given that this would be his fifth coach, he would go bold. I thought he'd go with a sitting head coach. I didn't know if it'd be Deion Sanders. I thought it'd be like Bronco Mendenhall or something like that. Uh, But he's going big uh, with this one if he wants to get Deion Sanders. But Ryan Walters is in the mix there, right? Um, And if maybe they don't get Deion, maybe they don't go to a Bronco Mendenhall, maybe Ryan Walters can end up with that job. You and I have talked about this. If Ryan Walters leaves for Colorado, kudos to him. Go on. Kevin Kane maybe he's your next defense coordinator. Maybe Brett hires someone outside the program. I think it would be Kevin Kane. But you couldn't blame him. Illinois just doesn't want to lose him to another defensive coordinator job or to some lower-level job. And I I don't think Ryan would leave for a lower-level job uh, as a head coach at this point, but uh, you don't want to lose him to somebody else because he's good. He's he's a Royals award candidate, a deserving one out of it. And if you can keep him for an extra year or two, I think that would be huge for your program, especially when you're recruiting guys like Jair Hill and developing guys like Matthew Bailey.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. If if he goes to Colorado – you wish him the best yeah. because you got to take that job. You have to take that job if you're Ryan Walters, but even Luke, though it's a tough job. Yeah, of course <laughs> it's a tough job. Jobs don't come open because they're easy jobs yeah. by and large. Um, but it would be tough to see him board a plane for some SEC program, right? Like that's you want to avoid that. But I think you also want to, you know, there might be some interest in Kankakee, or you know, you just look at that, right? Look at the defensive backs that they're recruiting and you want to know what your coordinator and Ryan Walters calling him the lead on Jire Hill, probably an understatement. Like this has been his project all the way through. And I don't look, I'm not saying like that's absolutely going to dictate what Jire Hill does. or doesn't do, but it would be foolish to not think it's a factor in some capacity. So yeah, that, I don't know if, is that the biggest, the biggest storyline? Well, I have
1: a story coming out (laughs) in the next 24 hours Breaking down 10 th- things on the offseason to-do list, keeping Ryan Walters is number one on my list. Then it is convincing some of these borderline NFL guys. Devin Witherspoon go, Johnny
0: Newton go, right? I did ask Devin Witherspoon today, and he said, I said, is this your last year in Champagne?' I said, I feel silly for asking, but <laughs> you got to ask. I don't know if anyone's ever asked you. He goes, maybe. And then he said he didn't know if he was going to play in a bowl game. Uh, So I think that probably carries more weight. And and
1: I don't want me to start this debate. Devin Witherspoon does not need to play in a boulder at at this point. Uh, That's my opinion. I know some people might disagree with that. Um, But, yes, Ryan Walters is number one on my list. Then it's about the NFL draft guys, right? Um, You want to keep the rest of your staff, but, hey, somebody gets another coordinator job, you know, one of these defensive assistants or something like that that happens. I would expect this offensive staff to stay together. I think all these guys are bought into Bielma, and the most important thing I think is Josh Whitman's committed to it, right? Like Josh Whitman has shown already a commitment to Barry Lunny, Uh, and you know these guys have gotten raises every year. I think he's going to take care of Bielma. That's number ten on my list, by the way. <laughs> Extend Bielma. I think Bielma would get his raise and extension at some point here. But yeah, I think it's really important. It's it's important to keep as much continuity as possible. When you're a good program and a good team, you're going to lose Devin Witherspoon, Chase Brown, uh, and Johnny Newton probably a year early. But if you can keep Keith Randolph for an extra year, keep, uh, I don't know, Julian Pearl seems like he's at one foot out the door, but keeping Isaiah Adams for an extra year, um, Seth Coleman for an extra year, Tariq Barnes. Yeah, Tariq Barnes, like those guys, getting them back would be monstrous for this program that we know doesn't have the best depth now. So if you can add big-time players and bring them back to your program uh, and big-time coaches and bring them back to the program for an extra year, we see how how important that is.
0: It is. And then, obviously, everybody's listening to this and who's going to be the quarterback. Like I, That's so fascinating to me because it felt like last year like there was – and I don't want to indicate, like, I don't think there's going to be urgency this year. And I know, obviously, they liked what they saw on Tommy or their, their interactions with him. I don't think they wanted to waste time on getting him. But I also didn't think that this program where it was a year ago had time to be picky.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? And, and I don't like If you got a power
1: five guy, which Tommy DeVito
0: was, you
1: needed to get him and you needed somebody to get in there right away because nobody else was healthy. To be honest with you, if Art I don't know if Art Cikowski, is he coming back? I don't know. So and even if he is, you know he's probably your backup, right? They need to get somebody in here in January and he needs to be good. The good thing is you have a good sell. With Tommy DeVito's seems
0: The sell is 100,000 times different than it
1: was a year ago. And
0: that's what I wonder. Like, can you – you don't want to wait forever. You, you certainly don't want to wait forever. But can you get into that, like, Christmas time? You know what I mean? Like, how, how far into this can you get? Because you do want somebody here in January. So, like, the month of December is bringing a quarterback. Santa's it's, it's, bringing it's a quarterback. The next, it's the
1: next three, four weeks. Yeah. We're, we should know if Illinois is bringing in a quarterback by January. Because that's got to happen. They got to get through the emissions process. They got to go through all those things. So it is going... December 5th is when this transfer portal opens in the FBS. And it is going to be insane. It is going to be insane. And somebody asked, like...
0: Who do you think could transfer out? I don't know. You could have surprises here, right? We just watched the surprise play for Northwestern. Uh, Donnie DeMar, I don't think anyone would have had him on the transfer out list. Yeah,
1: so those things happen. Uh, You just hope it's not one of your best players. Like, there will be players that transfer out of Illinois because they see the writing on the wall that playing time is not there. They want an opportunity in their last year
0: or two. They're not guaranteed more years. That COVID year, like, that's going to change things. There's Mm -hmm. roster churns. I didn't mean to cut you off. There's roster churns. That's going to happen. How many surprises, I don't know, do span with a surprise to me too, right? So, yeah, I don't know. I I, I do feel I'm with you. I think the next three to four weeks are going to tell us about a quarterback. I don't think the staff has – I'm not reporting this, but I don't think the staff has any interest in waiting until August for a quarterback to show up. No. I I I mean, you can
1: do that. It's been done. I mean, people coming in May, June, right? Uh, Brandon Peters came in May and June. Um, Same thing with A.J. Bush. Like, it can happen. You get the best guy. Uh, you, you still got to get the best guy, but I do think it's so valuable. You're seeing it with Tommy DeVito and just his decision-making in this offense besides his pick today, uh, which was the game was out of hand. like His decision-making, I think, was part of being in spring ball. You know, Six extra months with Barry Lonnie Jr. Um, being able to know this offense inside and out. I think that's really important. I don't know who that guy is. I know you guys want me to throw names out there. We'll find out who's in the portal uh, a week from Monday.
0: Yeah, I don't. I mean, I... I think we'd be wasting more time than not trying to, to guess names or speculate names. That's not entirely fair on either front, right? It's not fair to speculate who's going to transfer out of the program either.
1: Yeah, so uh, transfer needs. Uh, I broke this down in a story earlier in, in the week. Quarterback is number one. I think offensive line and defensive line are 2A and 2B, right? Like I, I think that is the most important thing is replenishing in the trenches, Johnny Newton is likely gone, I would imagine. Now, he's got to make his decision. He's got to go through this process, get feedback. I haven't seen him on, on these prospect lists, but, boy, he should be based on what we've seen. So maybe I'm assuming he's leaving, and, and maybe he won't. But I know Illinois is preparing. Like, they're going to have to get a defensive lineman transfer. You hope Keith Randolph comes back, along with Seth Coleman and Gabe Akis And T R Edwards, I think, has shown some flashes this year. I think your front could be really good if you had a, one more Uh, disruptor up front. Offensive line, Julian Pearl looks like he's one foot out the door. Alex Pachewski. Alex Pilstrom, solid, serviceable center this year. Kendall Smith, solid, serviceable safety this year.
0: Those guys stepping up was nice, so go with your side. Yeah, I just think, like, Alex Pilstrom, it wasn't a perfect season, right? It wasn't an all-Big Ten season. It wasn't any of that. It was exactly what Illinois needed. He was exactly to a T what Illinois needed him to be when they, frankly – took a gamble on moving him from whichever position you could say call, he called home over the last two years on the offensive line, guard, we'll say guard, that's largely, largely what it was, to center. He's never played center. He's a freaking tight end four years ago. And he gave you that perfect bridge that you needed to either transfer of your choice or maybe it's Josh Cruz, maybe it's someone else on the roster who can slide in there. Uh, you know, Maybe it's a Joey Oakley. We don't know. But he gave you exactly what you needed at that spot, and you can say the exact same thing for Kendall Smith. You made the observation today, one hundred percent right. Since Indiana, things don't go over Kendall Smith's head.
1: Both in the pass and run game.
0: Yeah, and, and that is that's huge. And now you look at who could be behind it. Is it Keontae uh, Curry? Is it you know what? Is it transfer? Is it Jair Hill? Like, you had a bridge like that. This season was a lot of ways about progress, but a lot of ways about bridges and pitches. Mm. And they've got exactly what they need. Tommy DeVito, great pitch. Uh, the defensive line, great pitch. Center, free safety, really even to a degree, cornerback two. Yeah. Good bridges, good pitches. like that. That's the kind of an underlying thing here that matters.
1: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it's important to to replenish the trenches here because Julian Pearl, Alex Pilstrom, Alex Pachewski, all likely on their way out. Isaiah Adams sounds like he's going to be back. It's going to be very interesting to see what position he can play, because I think Illinois thinks he can play every position on this offensive line, including center. So that'll be interesting to see. They want to add another tackle. Um, Does seem like some young guys are starting to step up. I'm interested to see if Hunter Whitenack can step up. I know the staff has been really happy with Josh Geske potentially playing tackle next season. Um, So you got some of that development, but to get Desmond Schuster in this program, another Juco offensive lineman would be really, really important. And then the defensive back, like Matthew Bailey's going to replace Sidney Brown, right? We know that for sure. Um, Have you ever been more sure about anything? <laughs> well, he's like a bigger, longer <laughs> version uh, of Sidney Brown, at least the way he talks, and certainly in the in the glimpses we've seen of him uh, play. Then Taz Nicholson is back, is one of your corners you feel solid about. is Xavier Scott, the next guy. Quan Martin's a big piece to replace. Who's at free safety? I think they want to add another corner there, Joey. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. We know they've offered a tight end. I would imagine Luke Ford goes pro. Saw somebody mention that. I think he'll move on. Um, and then you, know, you got some other positions. Wide receiver, somebody mentioned in our chat here. I don't know. I, I think they'd be willing to take the right one. But everyone's back at that position. Pat Bryant... Brian Hightower should be back. Isaiah Williams should be back. Casey Washington's got another year of eligibility. And then you got a freshman class you feel good about. You're going after Malik Elzey. You're going after Colin Dixon. So if it's a great one, sure. I I think I'd take it. You need some speed. You need to be able to stretch the field a little bit more. But I don't know if that's like the priority position. We've mentioned running back. I think those are the main ones, right? Um, But D.B., Boy, you're replacing four starters and three pros for sure.
0: Yeah, they got talent in the program. They like are they willing to to rely on freshmen or redshirt freshmen? Maybe a true freshman, maybe a redshirt sophomore. I don't know, but the pitches are clear, or the position of needs are clear. I don't. Are they more than they were a year ago? I, I don't know. I mean, if they are, it's because you had guys go pro, which is, is it kind of pays forward down the line. A little bit. So let's break it down. A year ago, they needed a quarterback. Mm-hmm. They needed an offensive lineman, and they got two. We thought they needed a, a defensive back, and I thought they needed a starting corner. Yeah. And so
1: they got Terrell Jennings, but Taz Nicholson was was really good this year.
0: Yeah. Is that wide receiver? Right? Wide receiver was probably two on the list a year ago. At this point, I know someone asked. We'll get to that in, in a second. So I don't, I don't know, man. Like it's it might be more, but if it's more, it's for a good reason yeah.
1: and he got a better pitch uh for for all these positions i would include wide receiver because he showed that you can actually pass the ball this year uh ethan any chance tommy gets the next year would love to see him back uh two questions about that one does tommy want to come back two can he come back uh illinois will try they will go for the waiver the expectation is he will not qualify um for that uh, good season. The bar at Illinois has changed. Uh, definitely going in the right direction. Yeah, we talked about all of that uh, to start this off. I think we have a great chance of getting the Lyle Quest Bowl in Tampa, Fett says. I think that is a, a good chance. Um, the more I look at this list, because Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, Purdue are in front of you. Again, I think you're rooting for Purdue to lose, so they don't go to the Rose Bowl, so Ohio State can go there. Uh, Penn State to get in a New Year's Six Bowl. And then I think you would be in line for The ReliaQuest would would make the most sense in Tampa on January 2nd, which isn't the worst place to be uh, on January 2nd. Who is going to be quarterback for Illinois next year? It's going to be a transfer. It is certainly going to be a transfer. Illinois wants to win next year. So anyone that is rooting for Kirkland, Michaud, this guy, uh, Donovan Larry, or Cal Swanson, you saw how that works. You see how playing young guys – who aren't the highest of pedigree guys? Let's be honest, right? Like, you see how that works out most of the time. They have to get a transfer quarterback because they want to win next year. They don't want a development year. They want to win, so they're going to go get a transfer quarterback.
0: Uh, can I say uh, Josh McCray just to address this. Not Josh McCray needs to redshirt. He is. Yeah, he's he got it. He's <laughs> got it. Like he can play in the bowl game and still get it. Just I, I know that's been a, a pressing question. He, this is it. He didn't travel. He's going to redshirt. Yeah. So
1: he's played three games this year, even if he plays in the bowl game. He's got the red shirt because he can play up to four bowls, uh, four games. TD3 is an amazing quarterback, one I'll remember. He still has one more game. Um, absolutely, this is the best quarterback season we've seen since Nathan Shalhouse with Bill Cubit in, in 2013. Put up big numbers. The defense wasn't very good that year. Um, but you got as much out of him. More out of him than I think you would have thought. What he throw? 15 touchdowns to four interceptions this year. Just an amazing completion rate, uh, amazing efficiency. Uh, was exactly what they needed at that position.
0: Yeah, we said if he could be 2019 Brandon Peters, that'd be a win. I think he was better than that. Yeah. Now, I don't think I know he was better than that. Like that was, and I, I harped on it ad nauseum, but it's what you needed. You needed one for the on the field, and two to go into transfer portal quarterbacks' homes and say, this is what we did with Tommy DeVito after a year.
1: Fett said, does Lenny redo his first and goal playbook? I think he needs the second and short. Second and short has been the big issue. Running that um, sprint to to the sideline with with Chase Brown. The linebackers are just keying on him. And and then you saw later in the game, Joey, you have the rollout. You play action, fake that play. You love that You You play action, fake that play. You roll out Tommy DeVito, tight end, wide open on the backside. Look forward, first down. That's what I need to see. I, I, Barry, I don't mind him when he runs on first down inside the goal. You're a running team. Your offensive line hasn't been very good uh, inside the five. It's hard in that area. It's a short field. There's not much room. But just getting you know, play action with DeVito rolling out, having an option because they're not covering the tight ends. The linebackers are crashing on the run game as they should. Those things are open all season. So those are the things that I need to see. Like First down, run it, don't mind it get a yard, get two, get get a closer to the field. But getting Tommy DeVito on the run, because one, he can run, or there's going to be a wide open tight end or wide receiver there. And he he can make plays. Like Tommy DeVito, I trust enough in those situations to make the right play.
0: Yeah, I also think we have to acknowledge, what what does the playbook look like when you don't have a Doak Walker semifinalist behind Tommy DeVito, right? Like, let's say he comes out and and throws two out of three times in a four-down sequence. The question would fairly be, why don't you give it to Chase Brown, right? Like, and I, th- I think Barry Lunny's those play calls have left a lot to be desired. I'm not trying to say they haven't at times, but you, you got Chase Brown. Yeah. Right? Like, you got Chase Brown. You pride yourself on being an offensive team that can run the ball, a physical team. Like, I get it. Now, I think you can adjust, adjust to that, but come on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, the, the, the logic is – Makes some sense in some degree.
1: Yeah, and for anyone that thinks Barry only runs on first down, I was charting it through the first half. It was evenly split. Like, they came out of the game with three straight passes, right, and and a couple on first down. Is Prince Green still on the team? Yes, he's still on the team. I don't think he – did he travel today? I'm not sure about that. Sean asks, when does Malik Elzey make a decision? Uh, He will sign, he says, with a team in December, but not announce until uh, January in the All-American Bowl – which is what happens when you get big-time prospects. They like to announce at these bowl games uh, that they participate in, and if he's uh, wearing an Illinois hat, I don't think he'll complain about that. I do
0: think Illinois is in a, in a good position for him right now. Yeah, maybe a lot, but it sure sure as heck beats if you follow recruiting, beating out a bunch of group of five yeah. programs.
1: Sean also asked, when does Leary play quarterback for Illinois? A couple of years, right? I mean, that's usually, usually what happens. I mean, if an injury happens next year, I mean, Leary's certainly moving up the depth chart. He might be the backup. He's going to get really important reps of development during this bowl prep, which is going to start this week. The development guys, where it's Misho, Leary, are going to get plenty of reps. He's going to be one of the top backups next year. So if there's an injury at quarterback to whoever transfer they get in here, certainly uh, he'll be in line there. So we'll get to see what happens. And quarterback depth has to improve. All right, we don't talk enough about that position, Joey, in needing depth. It's uh, certainly a big step down the last couple from Devito uh, to to Art Sikowski this year, but Devito stayed healthy through most of the year, thankfully, because we see look what happens with Iowa even when Spencer Peters goes out of the game. Purdue wasn't much better, or Northwestern. Um, their quarterbacks weren't good anyway, but to have to play a sophomore walk-on is basically your third option. Yikes.
0: Yeah, quarterback depth is a real thing because I know Art Sikowski was, was maybe frustrating at times for fans but you might be in a situation like you're one play away from being in a situation next year where you say if Art Sikowski likes to move on and you say oh man (laughs) you really (laughs) miss Art Sikowski backup quarterback is a hard job and it's hard to have a good one and I think Art Sikowski was a fine backup quarterback Mm -hmm. for Illinois you probably you probably don't win Iowa if you throw out I don't Ryan Johnson it's not knock on Ryan Johnson but Art's just been in those fires St. Dominic, I remember when
1: Joe Tiller tried out a freshman quarterback no one ever heard of and wasn't on anyone's list a three-star named Drew Brees. Good for
0: Drew Brees.
1: I, you're throwing out a Hall of Fame quarterback. Like, sure, could that happen? There's always exceptions to rules, right? Like, yeah. and I don't say it's a rule, but like yeah. – you and, you and I cover this team. We talk to the coaches. Um, They're not not—they're not going to put the ball in Donovan Larry's hands to be the starter next year because they don't think he'll be ready. Now, maybe he takes a big leap. Maybe that happens. But that's not how they're planning on it. Like, I know you want to envision this guy to be this guy. I don't think it's fair on Donovan Leary to think that quite yet. Ask He's Art. barely gotten any practice reps, guys. Like, he play, he took mostly scout team reps. He's barely practiced in this offense. And that's why, again, development, spring, going to be really important.
0: Yeah. I mean, ask Art Sikowski if he would sign up to go out there before you're ready. And look, Illinois right now and Rutgers then are, are in two totally different stratospheres. As far as talent, but it can be detrimental too to just throw out a quarterback when they're not ready.
1: Is Chase Brown a first or second round pick in the NFL? No. Sean asked. Um, I've seen some people have him third round, uh, third or fourth. I think that's about right. Like you watch a guy like Bijan Robinson, that's first rounder. Jameer Gibbs, a uh, first rounder. Chase isn't the biggest guy, um, but yeah, I think he'll he'll be drafted in, in the middle rounds. When can Isaiah Williams go pro? He can go wow. now if if he wants. I, I don't think he will. I don't think he's ready for that. Um, I think BB is going to win some of these late recruiting battles. Sure, I think he will. I think they got a lot to sell. Uh, ready for transfer names for going out or in? No, I'm not going to speculate until those guys go in the portal or out of the portal. I mean, if you want, if you guys want to speculate guys going out of the portal, look at the th- third string, right, and and see who's not getting reps. Um, Donovan Leary's brother is an NFL quarterback. Donovan and Devin are, are different people, and I don't think Devin is an NFL quarterback um, quite yet. How does Maunus look? Haven't seen practice, so couldn't tell you. But he's probably a couple years away. There are seven quarterbacks on the roster right now. Do you think we can work on the guys we have now and see what happens? That is not the plan. That is not. They are going to add. Sure. They are going to add. There's a couple walk on guys. Uh, Joey's getting frustrated because you have to add more talent. You have to add somebody with experience. You can dream of one of these guys being great right away. That's not probably realistic. Um, If they felt like somebody was ready to be Sky Clark at quarterback uh, for them, right, they would go with that guy, and he'd be the second string guy. This year you had number one Tommy DeVito, two Art Sikowski,
0: three Ryan Johnson, a walk-on senior, four Donovan Leary. So three of those are scholarship quarterbacks. One is expected back. All this is—I'm f- trying to get frustrated, but like, all this is a fun conversation on November 26th. But you're going to be furious if it's October 1st and you're trying to win games. And you think, wow, but am sure glad we get. Time matters. Development matters. This is a development program. I get it. They're all fun. Like quarterback recruiting drives everything, right? Everybody focuses on it. And you, do, but- you
1: don't have a CJ Stroud in the program, right? You, you don't have a five-star sitting there it's not like you have Justin Fields as a redshirt freshman ready to take this like it's it, it's the pedigree is not there like so you can wish upon a star and hope one of these guys is is next great thing and maybe they will be in a couple years but I can tell you Illinois is not planning on that they're not planning on one of these redshirt freshmen going into the year being their starter they're going to go in the portal and try and find another guy like Tommy DeVito and maybe find a guy with multiple years of eligibility.
0: Brett Bielema didn't say we wanted to make a bowl game this year just to turn around and play a redshirt <laughs> freshman quarterback next year. Yeah.
1: Uh, last one, is Sidney Brown going to be in the NFL next year? Yes. yes. He'll be an NFL draft pick. I think he leads – See, he lead the NCAA now in interceptions with six? I didn't think Sydney would be in the mix for that. Uh, but what a season for Sidney Brown. He'll probably be on my All-Big Ten first team uh, as well. So um, – yeah, I, I think that'll do. I think we've gotten enough quarterback questions. I or know.
0: You do you do right now. Like these, these guys see practice. Yeah, they see practice. B- oh my good God. I'm not trying <laughs> come on, man. I I
1: get it. You want your quarterback that is in your program now to be great. Oh well, no, he needs to be better with quarterback recruiting, right? And that's why Barry Olenny was brought in to improve that. Tommy DeVito showed what they can be, uh, with his system with a quarterback um and now you sell that to the next guy you sell it to the next prep guy and now he has a full year of recruiting 2024s where he can go maybe get a better prospect than Illinois is getting a quarterback because quarterback recruiting has not been good for illinois uh the last several years that's nothing on donovan leary that's nothing on Kirkland michaud or cal swan like maybe those guys will end up being good but they're going to try to continue to to recruit over and, and add competition
0: at that position because it's the most important position. Yeah, th- look, this isn't saying like those guys are not good quarterbacks. That's well, I think the point we're trying to make is, you, like, most programs, right? Like there's very few. This in each recruiting class, there's maybe like four quarterbacks who could step in and be Power Five starters on contending teams. Those quarterbacks aren't coming to Illinois. Development Barry Lunny's pitch to to. Cal Swanson to Donovan Leary is about development, and there's just a reality.
1: I was told when that. they got Cal Swanson, ask me in three years.
0: And that's not a knock on Cal Swanson. That's just the reality <laughs> of the fact that uh, you don't – if you ask – wouldn't it be fun to do like a blind poll of like Power 5 head coaches? Like, would you start a ret- – do you prefer to start a freshman or a ret- freshman mm-hmm. quarterback? And I'm sure the overwhelming outside of the, the heavy hitters who get this – there's like 10 schools who get these quarterbacks every year anyway. Mm-hmm. The overwhelming answer would be, please don't call me back. Like, no. Like, you just don't – you don't want to do that. It's, it's really hard. There are anomalies. There are players who take these huge step forwards. Maybe Jeremy – maybe this won't age very well. And Donovan Leary. I just don't think that's a realistic expectation that you and I should set on November 26th. Or that's, frankly, that we are hearing.
1: Yeah. We're not trying to say those guys won't be good right. with time. What we're saying is Illinois is not counting on them to be the
0: starter. And it's mixture. not fair to them to count on that. Yeah. No.
1: All right, that'll do it for us. Uh, we'll have plenty of off-season content coming at Illini Inquirer. It is going to be a very busy time despite no game next week with Purdue against Michigan in the Big Ten championship game. Who would have thunk it? Uh, but Illinois gearing up for a one of their best bowl games, obviously, since the Rose Bowl. Um, and and a nice, good, big step forward for Illinois football in 2022. Brett Bielma can coach. Brett Bielma is a really good CEO. um, And we've been around this program, we're close to this program, talk to people in this program. It is as organized as I've ever seen. Somebody said Lovey Smith isn't a bad coach. Like, well, I think Lovey Smith has great eye for talent. Uh, You gotta respect his football IQ, but when it came to being a CEO of a college football program, it is night and day from Brett Bielma. And Lovey Smith, just his handprints are over every part of the program. Josh Whitman has flooded money with resources, hiring, getting a bigger recruiting staff, getting better, um, you know, assistant coaches. Brett was a great hirer <laughs> so far of his assistant coaches. That's my biggest takeaway from year two here is Brett was a heck of a coach uh, and is the best Illinois coach in, in probably three decades.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. And if you, if you need to know what without a game next weekend – Sunday, you'll know where they're going in a bowl game a week from tomorrow. You'll know what the bowl game destination is. Obviously, there's going to be some roster speculation. I don't know if we're going to see any news between now and then, but that's that's kind of the next milestone is yeah. Sunday. After your basketball fix on Tuesday against Syracuse, Sunday is, is bowl destination. We'll have coverage from that yeah. off, you know, out the window. we have a ton of it. Yeah, Sunday, bowl game.
1: Monday, transfer portal opens two and a half weeks after that. You have early signing day, December 21st through the 23rd. Plenty of stuff at AlanaEnquirer.com. Right now, 75% off a VIP membership at Alana Inquirer through Monday. So Cyber Monday uh, is your last chance to take advantage of that deal. That's less than seven cents a day and we're gonna have a lot of VIP content coming up. Uh, so appreciate you guys who have signed up, everyone who's pushing that out to their friends and family. We appreciate you guys uh, doing that and for supporting us to allow us to, to cover this program the way we think it should be covered for such a fantastic fan base. Go
0: ahead. Yeah, can we just say these have been fun? Yeah. Like I, I know tonight's been not a lot of sleep this week and but these have been a lot of fun. Like it, it helps us work through a lot of thoughts and hearing and interacting with you guys uh, <laughs> has been a lot of fun uh stray commenters like our friend trevor is are, are not always appreciated
1: i appreciate being I, labeled I, I, worth seven cents a day that's that's, thank that's, you, that's trevor. pretty fun that's, you're too kind trevor <laughs> too appreciate you guys else. uh give us a follow wherever you get your podcast give us a rating or review we appreciate that hit the like button on this youtube video if you're watching this thing live or watching it back later uh and uh hit the scri- subscription button hit that notifications bell uh, help us out on youtube it's been fun doing this all year and we'll continue to do it uh, for basketball outside of the lindenwood game i wanted to get home and get some sleep and sky clark was good that was my takeaway
0: sky clark rj melendez
1: you you caught up on the miss lindenwood podcast now. <laughs> there you go that, that's all i had to say about that everybody have a great night take care of each other we'll talk to you next time right here on the alina Inquirer podcast
0: bye everybody <laughs>
1: We need to talk. The acclaimed Showtime original docuseries, Couples Therapy, returns with an addictive and revealing new season. Dr. Orna is back in session, helping four new couples grapple with real issues from religion and sex to polyamorous power dynamics. Collider says Couples Therapy is like nothing else on TV. It's Break Up or Break Through on the new season of Couples Therapy. Now streaming with a Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. Visit ParamountPlus.com to try it free.